Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartinized. Today's episode, The People Who Voted for Trump. I had something entirely different planned for this show. This show was going to be an apology to the world for all of the horrible things that Hillary was going to be doing over the next four years. All the wars she was going to start, all the wars she was going to ramp up, the innocent everyday people that she would kill as collateral damage and uh, most likely laugh and giggle about, the hope that I had that she would suffer endless attempts at impeachment by a GOP Congress that would maybe slow her down a little bit. But I got up Wednesday morning, my wife was sitting at the computer, and she looked at me and she said, Trump won. And I said, holy shit. And then I said it again. And then I said it one more time. And I'm not sure. I might have said it a time after that, too. I was flabbergasted. I was floored. I never in a million years expected that would happen. All the polls told us that she had it in the bag. And I was pretty sure she was going to have it. But no. Much to my surprise. Enough people rejected the pus bag of pure corruption and instead chose the dung-flinging howler monkey. And now, we get to sit back and watch what's going to happen. And you have to wonder what it was that pushed people from Mrs. Corruption to Mr. Howler Monkey. And there were a number of things. I think a lot of these different things might have thrown one or two or three or 10 or 15 percent in Trump's direction. And in an election this close, every little bit makes a big difference. I think her endless scandals. Every day there was something new. There was something in WikiLeaks. There was some horrible thing that she had done. And that just kind of builds up after a while. And there were people who voted against her that. There were some people that were a little tired of Clinton, Bush, Bush, Clinton, Clinton, Bush, Bush, Clinton, and thought maybe we should have a different dynasty. I think that was a very small percentage of people. I think Obamacare had a lot to do with it. That's really been Lord Messiah Obama's big thing, was Obamacare. And when people started getting premium increases on top of their last premium increases, which were on top of their last premium increases. I mean, there were folks who had been paying $400 a month for family coverage, uh, $1,200, $1,500 deductible, that now were paying $1,200 a month for a $6,000 deductible, double the co-pays that they had, and now they're being told, well, there's going to be another rate increase. That's real money coming out of people's pockets. That really made people hurt. 
And one of the things Trump said, the first thing I'm going to do is get rid of Obamacare. And boy, that sounded good to a whole lot of people, including me. But I think one of the big reasons that someone as politically accomplished and experienced as Hillary could not beat a buffoon like Donald Trump. Oh, by the way, she did win the popular vote. And it looks like, at this point while I'm recording it, it was by 0.2%. Two-tenths of a percent. And that is just pathetic. If that's the very best that someone can do against a buffoon like Trump, she didn't deserve the presidency. Sorry. I'm sorry. You should be able to go up against Trump. You should be able to go and... Pick that guy in the park who talks to himself and clean him up and put him in a suit and he should be able to beat Trump by a good 5 or 10%. But anyhow, one of the things that I think really threw a lot of people in Trump's camp, more than the left ever expected, was the left's own behavior. Because a significant percentage of the left especially on social media and also in the mass media, smugly insists that anyone who disagrees with them is a racist, sexist, homophobic, misogynistic Nazi. They've used white as a racial slur and cisgendered as an insult. And they've done it screeching at the top of their lungs, doing everything they can to drown out other voices or to just make people walk away in disgust. They're not interested in the conversation. They're not interested in changing your mind. All they're interested in is hating you because you dare to disagree. And this happens all the time. In social media, especially, you can go out there and you can say, well, I disagree with this particular policy of Obama because I think uh, quantitative easing will have this blah, 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 and give very detailed explanation as to why you don't like it. And guaranteed that somewhere, somebody's going to come screeching in and saying, well, you just can't stand having a black president. Boom. Shutting down the conversation. That's all they're interested in. And you can even agree with some of these folks on 80% of what they're saying and what they want to do But if you're off by 20%, then you're a horrible, evil person. And when you tell people that, when you tell someone who's not a racist that they're a racist, someone who supports gay rights that they're a homophobe, you tell someone who loves women that they're misogynistic, you put down someone for being white and you spit that word out just like a real racist uses the N-word. When the left does that over and over and over and over again, there's really only a couple of ways that you can respond to it. You can't converse, all right? They've already shut down the conversation, at least with them. You can't have a conversation with them. So about the only thing that you can do is insult them, or ridicule them, or walk away from them. And every one of those options 
includes flipping them off. Just giving them the finger. Oh, you're going to pull that crap again? Well, fuck you. I'm done. I don't even want to deal with you anymore. And then a substantial number of these people took that raised middle finger into the voting booth with them and they used it to pull down the lever of Donald Trump. It was the ultimate flip-off. By the way, I know we don't use levers anymore, and I kind of miss them. You know, you'd walk into this booth, and you'd have these big metal switches and levers in front of you, and you'd push them down, and they'd give you a very satisfying click, and you'd change your mind and click it up, and it'd give you another satisfying click. And when you were all done and had made your final decision and threw the big lever over, it gave a nice ka-chunk as the curtain around you flipped open loudly and you felt like you had accomplished something. You really hadn't, but you felt like you did, you know, and that's important. And now you go in and um, we, where I am, we don't use the touchscreens, which is good because those are completely easily hackable. But what we do here in New York State, you actually have a paper trail. You get a nice paper ballot and you just fill out the circles like you're taking an SAT test, except that it's not measuring your intelligence. And you circle, you fill in the circles for the people that you want. And then you walk it over to a scanner and it slides into the scanner and it just kind of goes, not really a satisfying sound at all. But anyway, I digress. Getting back to the subject at hand, a lot of people, a substantial number of people voted for Trump because he's not politically correct. They've had it with political correctness. They're disgusted with it. They're disgusted with being personally insulted. They're disgusted with seeing all the social justice warriors and the delicate flowers going out of their way to not only insult people, but even get them fired because they dared to disagree with them. And they just had it. And they're so tired of what's going on, they said, you know what? Screw this. He's not politically correct. And Hillary is. I'm voting for Trump. And an election is closed. You really only need 5 or 10% of the people with that mindset to throw it all over to the holler monkey. And that's what happened. Now, I don't know what percentage of people voted for him because of that. No idea. And I doubt we'll actually see a poll on it. But I suspect that it's a good 15%, maybe, at least. That was the reason that they voted for him. He wasn't politically correct. And it's time to get rid of that political correctness. And the screaming from the left is now getting louder and shriller. They're not smart enough to realize that they forced a whole bunch of people or they inspired a whole bunch of people with their shenanigans to go over to the other side. Their hateful bigotry cost them the election, but they don't know that. They're not bright enough to figure that out. No, no, no. Instead, they've raised the decibel levels even higher on their shill little screaming. And man, I'm seeing this everywhere. Half of the country is stupid. Half of them 
are racist, sexist, homophobic, misogynistic Nazis. And they really believe that. Now I've got a lot of friends who voted for Trump. Some of them surprised me, in fact. Some of them, you're really, you're a Trump fan? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And I have to base my opinions and my personal stereotype of what a Trump voter is based on those people I know. Some of them are friends. Even more of them are acquaintances. And so here is my completely biased and unscientific observation of how those people fit into all the categories that the screeching lefties say they belong in. Racist. Not a single one. Not one. I don't hang out with racists, but no, not one. Homophobic. Nope. Not one. Not a single one. Misogynist. Again. Not a single one. And a lot of the people I know that voted for Trump are women. So uh, I guess that disqualifies them from being misogynists unless they hate themselves. Anti-immigration. Most of them. Although they'll usually qualify it and say they're anti-illegal immigration. They don't like illegal immigrants. Anti-free trade. Most of them. They just think that we can put up trade barriers and somehow magically bring back jobs from uh, people overseas who are earning a buck an hour and bring them back here where Americans can earn 40 bucks an hour putting things together. And they, they generally, I don't think they really understand uh, trade, how it works. But anyhow, most of them are anti-free trade. Anti-Obamacare. Every single one of them. Every single one of them hates Obamacare. Anti-abortion. Most of them. Most of them are uh, anti-abortion. Warmongers. Some of them. I'd say it's probably about a 60-40 split between those who want to ramp up our overseas wars and those who want to bring everybody home and stop being Team America World Police and just protect our own borders. People who think Edward Snowden is a hero? All of them. Which, by the way, also goes for everybody that I know on the left. People who dislike government in general? Pretty much all of them. Yeah, maybe a few are uh, more statist than others, but for the most part, just government in general ticks them off. Hardworking people who are disgusted with what the government is, what the status quo is. Every single one of them. Idiots who the left will refer to when they're being nice as low-information voters. How many of all of these Trump voters that I know are low-information voters? None of them. Not a single one of them. Everyone is well-informed about politics and history and plenty of other subjects. Now, 
the information that they use and they process and the conclusions that they come to, I disagree with them vehemently on very often, more often than not. But I can't say to them, well, you don't know what you're talking about because you're basing your opinions on ignorance and you don't know the facts. That's not an argument that I can legitimately spit back at any of them because they're not ignorant and they do know the facts and they're just coming to very different conclusions than I've come to. Now, your experience might be different, especially if you're a lefty and you've built yourself a nice little echo chamber of Big Brother fanboys who join you in condemning anyone who has the impertinence to have a different opinion. And so you've never actually had a beer or smoked a cigar with a Trump supporter. You, you, you have no idea who they are, what they're like. I don't know if I have to explain this. I don't think I have to to my regular listeners here. I despise Trump and I despise Hillary. I despise them both for different reasons. Both of them are deeply horrible people, but that doesn't mean that everybody who voted for them, for either of them, are deeply horrible people themselves. They're people. And with very few exceptions, they're good and decent people. Now, a lot of them are desperate to make things better and are under the mistaken impression that government can accomplish that. And that is their biggest error in judgment. It's not being left or right. It's believing that government is the solution when, in fact, government is almost always the problem. Now, I don't think what I'm about to say really applies to any of my listeners, except maybe if you're listening and you just stumbled on this podcast for the first time. But if you're a lefty who wants to keep spewing this stupid, uninformed opinion that all Trump supporters are evil, ignorant rednecks, get away from me. Go somewhere else and stew in your own juices, someplace out of earshot. Because I'm tired of your smug superiority and your hateful bigotry, which is at least two orders of magnitude larger than the bigotry you imagine pervades the minds of Trump fans. And by the way, I would also suggest that you stop by CVS and pick up a four-year supply of Preparation H. I hear that really helps with the butt hurt. And that's it for the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations, you've been smartenized. All right, lots of people commented on the If I Were President, the Presidential Fantasies episode, and that's great. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. No one complained about it being too long, which kind of surprised me. Uh, a few people had some other policy questions. What would I do about American Indians? Well, the first thing that I would do is give them title to the land that they're on. I think that would actually have an amazing effect, more than most people would suspect. But I didn't really get anybody disagreeing with the ideas of the policy. So, of course, you know, a lot of them were just kind of half-assed spewing. But, hey, look, that got the Howler Monkey elected. So, maybe there's hope. 
Oh, and by the way, I have no idea what he's going to do and what kind of messes he's going to create. I think he's going to be horrible, and I don't think he's going to be as horrible as we think he's going to be. I think he's going to be horrible, but less horrible than most people fear. But we're going to have to wait and see. I am sure that Hillary would have gotten into a shooting war with Russia. There was no question in my mind that would happen. With Donald, that's still possible, but he's also a Putin fanboy. So I'm thinking maybe we should uh, send the two of them away at a cabin in the woods and let them snuggle together for a weekend or something. That might help a lot. But anyways, we'll just have to see. You know, make a big bowl of popcorn and watch. Is it going to burn? Is it not? I think it's not. We've survived horrible presidents before. And we'll survive horrible presidents again. I Frankly, mm, just about every president in my lifetime has been horrible. It's just been the degree of horribleness and what direction their horribleness was in. I have a new project that I'm working on that will interest you if you're a cigar smoker and not interest you in the least if you're not. And that is a new website called CigarDeals.com. It's actually Cigar-Deals.com. And the dash is important because somebody is sitting on uh, CigarDeals.com. There's some squatter sitting on it. But... Cigar-Deals.com, the premise of this site is to have a website and a newsletter that will show you the best three or four or five cigar deals in any given week. So rather than go to a half a dozen different uh, online dealers and look through all the stuff, here's the deals that are really spectacular. And the site is built, so you can go and take a look at it. Everything that's on it at the moment is bogus. Uh, they're just uh, sample articles and, you know, the uh, Ipsum Lauren stuff, a lot of that kind of thing. But you can go in and take a look at it and see what it looks like. And I'm now in the process of setting up business relationships with all of the cigar dealers that I want to send people there. Because that's really the business model of this is to uh, get people to go to these sites and then I get affiliate income from stuff that they buy. So, no idea if that's going to work. No idea how successful or uh, what a big failure it will be, but we'll see. So if you're a cigar smoker, cigar-deals.com, by the end of this month, it should be up and running. That's my plan, at least. Nothing less to tell you folks, except that the Quick Hits Podcast is a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.